What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Hammer podcast. I'm your host, Mark Izzo, and alongside me, as always, is your other host, Dylan O'Brien. Dylan, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm so excited to be back on another episode of the Burning Hammer podcast. Uh, this is just a great podcast. If It's pretty much, I don't, um, last time I checked, uh, it was the only professional wrestling podcast in the world. Um, yep. The only one. There isn't another one. Um, so if you're looking for a pro wrestling podcast, you're stuck with us. Uh, we're the yep. only professional wrestling podcast in the world. Um, and uh, we're just happy to be back on another episode of the only professional wrestling podcast in the world. Yes. The first and the last. But before we can get started into this episode, Dylan, I need a shirt check. What t-shirt are you rocking for this episode? I got you, Mark. He's taking a sip of water. Yeah, today um, I am rocking the Meek Mill WWE collaboration t-shirt. Dreams versus Nightmares. Very nice. Show you what we got going on here. Very Dreams nice. versus nightmares. We got a little Dream Chasers WWE Championship on there. Grabbing Ooh. the uh, grabbing the thing, grabbing the title, little hand. I don't know, a monstrous hand. Um, one might even say it could be the hands of Braun Strowman getting these hands. Um, for the sake of myself and the T-shirt, I'm gonna say it's not. I'm going to say it has yeah. nothing to do with Braun Strowman as of right Let's now. Let's all agree on that because that is the last thing I would like to imagine is Braun Strowman's hand grabbing a Dream Chasers championship. Braun Strowman, the first ever yeah. Dream Chasers champ. Is this <laughs> is this long-term storytelling of Braun Maybe. Strowman becoming the first ever WWE Dream Chasers champion? It could be. We will find out. Mark, what are you rocking today? All right, so today I have... Um, Probably what will go down as one of my favorite wrestling t-shirts of all time. It's one that was super high on the priority list. Today is my birthday. My girlfriend bought me three wrestling t-shirts. The Shout Mark birthday episode. Yes, bingo. And so this one I was super pumped to get. Um, it's one that is going to be... I'm pretty excited to wear it in public because... If someone gets it, then I'll have a pretty sweet interaction with a stranger. If they don't, I'm probably just going to get some looks. But it is the Scissor Me Daddy Ass AEW Acclaimed t-shirt. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and their promo last night was just fucking hilarious as usual. Yeah, which we'll get into that Um in a little bit it's funny because every time i watch dynamite and the acclaimed are on uh and i'll make my girlfriend watch it with me whenever the acclaimed pop up i uh, i always make her scissor me and she's always very uncomfortable <laughs> doing it hell yeah but she does it anyway and that's love but that is before we can get started she even into got you this episode that's right so now she's gonna be scissoring me even more but before we get started in this episode, the best way to uh, make to date with the podcast is to follow us on all of our social media, 
on Twitter, we are at the Burnt Hammer, and on Instagram and TikTok, we are at the Burning Hammer. We do news, we do reports, um, we do some fantasy stuff, we do live tweeting for AEW and WWE weekly shows. So make sure to follow us again on Twitter at the Burnt Hammer, and on Instagram and TikTok, we are at the Burning Hammer. It's the best way to get our initial reactions on anything involving professional wrestling. And you can follow Dylan on Twitter and Instagram at Dill O'Brien underscore wave. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Izzo underscore wave. That is a great way to get our initial reactions. Plus, you will know when we release um, and publish new articles we write for Vendetta Sports Media. Make sure to follow Vendetta Sports Media on Twitter at Vendetta VSM. And you can follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Vendetta Sports Media and check out VendettaSportsMedia.com to get all of your sports reading news, anything regarding any sport. They got it covered. Me and Dylan cover professional wrestling over there. Um, and we do we do previews for AEW and WWE weekly shows. We do results and reviews. We do match card, early match card predictions. We do news reports. Dylan does weekly rumor roundups for WWE and AEW. And we do some fantasy stuff as well. So make sure to check out VendettaSportsMedia.com. Mm-hmm. All right. I always feel like uh, Excalibur when he promotes the uh, the shows. And he yeah. just rips through all of the uh, cards in like 10 seconds. Obviously, I'm better than Excalibur. But that's a discussion for another day. So, we're going to get into our grades for WWE Survivor Series War Games. And then we're going to dive in um, to some Dynamite reviews. We're going to go over some Raw reviews. And then we're going to take a look at SmackDown and Rampage show. Let's get started into WWE Survivor Series War Games. Overall, um, this is probably one of my highest graded um, grades for a premium live event or a pay-per-view. It was damn near perfect besides one match, which um, I'm sure you know what that is, but we will get into that once we do. But to kick it off, the Women's War Games match kicked off the night, and it was a hell of a match. Dylan, let's go over this match. Yeah, so this match was, um, first of all, an absolute banger. I mean, just an absolute banger. Uh, We had it, it it was announced that uh, we didn't, did we know the final member when we made our predictions or no? We did not. They announced it on SmackDown. SmackDown, and it was. We did not know who it was. Yeah, we did not know that it was uh, Becky. So Becky Lynch made her return. Uh, First of all, so good to have Becky Lynch back. Uh, she truly is like top tier as far as um the as far as talents go uh, in wrestling. She's like she's one of the faces of the company. So it's just so good to have her back on television as someone who watches Raw very in depth and has to critique it and has to watch it from a very critical standpoint every week. Becky Lynch is good for me because it means it's more entertaining and I get to watch more. I get to watch better shows basically because if Peggy Lynch is on your show it's a better show um for sure that's it's pretty much as simple as that so start with that so good to have Becky Lynch back in this match um I will just go I I can't right I can't remember every like the order that happened I mean I'll tell you what this was my favorite match of the night I gave it an A plus this was this was to me match of the night it was so good 
Yeah, I mean, I it was it was pretty damn good. I think it's I don't blame you. I think you can either have this one or the men's war games match um as the mm-hmm. match of the night. Um I'll get into why I had the war game the men's war games match slightly higher once we get to that one, but I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um it was incredible and I loved all of the weapons that they were using. Rhea Ripley just doing pull-ups on the cage was awesome. Nikki Cross just being crazy was awesome. She's so strong. She's strong as shit. It's it's pretty damn incredible. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the Burning Hammer podcast, we love Rhea Ripley. We'll always give her her flowers. She looked really good. Um, One thing I did take away was Dakota Kai got wrecked throughout the match. I remember... I was watching my girlfriend watch that match with me. And I just remember just like the one thing I really took away was how much Kai just got fucked up in the match, mm-hmm. which was awesome. There was a ton of really good spots. I thought well, that, that was, Mia Yim. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think the thing that did it for me that like pushed it over um, that made it match of the night for me was I think I'm just the sucker for big spots. And I think, um, like this match just had so many memorable spots, like yeah, several memorable spots. For but sure. go on, and yeah, and uh, Mia Yim looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that awesome Asuka and Io Sky stare down, which was sick. Rhea Ripley broke the ladder. Um, I don't remember exactly what move she did, but I believe Bro. she did something to Mia Yim, and they it was snapped like... the ladder in half. Yeah, and it was similar was... to like a um. I guess you would almost can even call it like a it was like a Piper's pit almost, you know what I mean? Like when they have them like that, but she did yeah. it like into the corner. Um yeah, and the and ladder was the ladder, Yeah, usually yeah, when the, the ladder, ladder doesn't break like that. They'll bounce off of it. And yeah. I was watching it with my girlfriend and I watched it and I was just like, "Holy shit, like the ladder no. broke, like it never breaks." <laughs> they usually yeah. just bounce off of it. Yeah, when when that happened, I like looked at uh cuz I was watching it with uh, some of my siblings actually. And I just remember I like looked over at them and because we were all why I was watching it with a few of us. And uh, when that happened, we were like, "Ooh!" and then I was like, dude, I, I was like, dude, I don't think that was supposed to break. Like those usually <laughs> don't break. You know what I mean? Usually they set yeah. it up like between like the ring and the barricade or something like that. They'll break. Um, and but, even like, then, it's pretty the, rare that they. Yeah. Break. But yeah. And it's usually when somebody's laying down on it and like jumps through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it usually takes some power to like get it. But For like, sure. I'm not saying there wasn't a lot of power behind that. It was just crazy. Just didn't expect yeah, it to it, break. It just shows how much force that Ripley had, bro. Yeah. And I was just like, just send her through the yeah. ladder. That's what um, my girlfriend was convinced that she was like, she said that she almost feels like that was supposed to be um, like the finish was supposed to be like right after that or something like that. But when that happened, they were like, holy shit. Like we can't like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, we have to yeah. just, like kill some time because of how like crazy that spot was, which I thought might've been like a good point. Yeah. Um, it's definitely what other, dude, up. yeah, dude, what other spots? Like, uh, obviously well, the have... end, like Becky and her leg drop through the table off the top of the stiff. cage, like stiff, stiff as hell. She's yeah. she's a beast. Um, EO doing the moonsault off the top of the cage. That was, uh, awesome. was sick. Um, 
they used what? a lot of weapons. Yeah, they did. They had the kendo sticks. They had mm-hmm. the trash can, the trash can lids. People were just getting destroyed with the trash can lids. I thought mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss looked strong. I thought everyone in the match really looked strong. Yeah, and everyone in the match got like, their chance to shine. Yeah, and I was trying to like explain it to my girlfriend just like how high the war games cages because you just watch eo sky do uh, a backflip off of it and it just looks like it's nothing and i'm just like trying to explain i'm like you it's like hard for you to understand just how high that cage is like yeah. it's so high and just to do like a backflip off of dude, it, dude like me insane. and you have stood on the top rope of a wrestling ring that's high yeah. in the air the top yeah. rope is high in the air like yeah it and is that and that ring was only like two or three feet off the ground. Yeah, exactly. Like we're and we we're in a ring that was 18 inches off the ground. So like in a W like, dude, she's at least 20 feet in the air. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's insane. To it just like, I'm just saying, do you incredible. know how many got, do you know, like how much? That's what I mean. Like, I'm not that people listening to this podcast, I'm assuming would not have any hate on pro wrestling, but I'm just saying. That's why it gets me so mad where, like, people hate on pro wrestling for certain stuff. I'm just like, dude, do you know how hard it is to train your body to be able to just allow yourself to do a backflip off the top of a cage knowing you're, like, not landing on anything good? Yeah. You're just like, no, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's just insane. Like, I don't like to just train your body to just be like, all right, I'm going to jump off the top of this and just, like, not kill anybody. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really hard to do. Eo Sky yeah. doing a moonsault off the top is probably going to be a War Games tradition now. She did it at yeah in the NXT one too. So yep, um, yeah, and like we said, the finish was pretty incredible. Um, Becky Lynch hitting that leg drop. It almost looked like she was doing the senton, like we've seen Liv Morgan do it. Yeah, but that's like kind of how stiff it was because she just landed her ass like right on. Probably someone. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. So I thought it was, I thought it was a senton at first too, but I think slow motion. I will give her more credit. I do think it was more leg than like I originally thought it was. Um, but yeah, it was stiff. Yeah, stiff. It was incredible. Regardless, the whole match was incredible. And we were wrong, by the Um, way. We were wrong. We were wrong in our predictions. Um, we were wrong a lot. Uh, yeah, not we a good were night wrong for a lot. the Burning Hammer podcast. Not a good night for the predictions. Um and but we were wrong because we were just wrong about like we didn't I didn't think that I don't know. Who knows? I don't know where I'm going with that. There but. were certain things that I thought was the cause for like like because I thought Rhea, I was so certain that Rhea Ripley was gonna be Exactly. The one to pin Bianca to set up the yeah. match. And it was just like because I thought that was gonna happen. And I thought they're gonna do Rhea versus exactly. Bianca, I, I let, probably are. Yeah, probably I let why. that I think that's exactly that's exact you worded it perfectly. I didn't know how to word yeah. it, but that was it. Like I let what I where I thought they were gonna go storyline wise, I think I let that um determine my choices a little bit too much. But it, yeah. it's awesome because when you do get those picks right, you're like, oh, wow, I was perfect. I hit it right on the head. Like, I knew exactly, you know what I mean? Like, it feels so yeah. cool to, like, predict that. But And it just goes to show how much better WWE is getting with this stuff because yeah, I no, feel like seriously. before we'd only maybe get one match wrong on the card, and now it's getting harder to determine who's going to win. No, absolutely. Especially well, with dude, the that's why it's such a 
when we were doing predictions a while ago, when we were doing the podcast, um, like when we first first started, like years ago, when Back it wasn't this, yeah, oh, let's talk balls. Yeah, when we were when we were doing let's talk balls. Um, I remember we were doing predictions, and I felt like we were just like never wrong. Like that yeah. was just like that was like a few years ago. That was that was pre pandemic too, actually. So that was yeah. it was probably like 2018, 2019. So that was like right before pandemic era wrestling, which was a pretty fucking awful time in wrestling. Wasn't very good. It was bad. It was um, bad for sure. But yeah, on top of that, it was just so goddamn predictable. Like just yeah. so predictable. And we'd have like we would do the predictions and we would just agree so much because it was so easy to tell. Exactly. Like, there were times where we wouldn't disagree on one because we just both knew and we felt so confident exactly. about who was going to win. And we were right most of the time. Yeah, and now it's just, it's so nice now, because I will say this, like, man, say what you want, and I, I, I know me and you more than probably anybody else have been, like, huge supporters of this Triple H era and, like, avid fans of everything Triple, almost everything Triple H has done. Not everything, because I will get into that. But um, I will say, it's like, but besides the fact that it's just, I specifically like the decisions he's making. I, it's just so nice to have something new and just refreshing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just we haven't yeah. had uh, – it's just new booking, new faces, uh, people that we haven't really seen a ton of um, in WWE especially. So it's just – it's really awesome. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And this match was it's, great. It's this all, match was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gave it an A-. I'm saving – which I'll get into later, but I'm saving my an A plus. Um, I'm trying to like save that for like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. So I'm going to be a little harder towards the top. I gave it an A minus. Dylan gave it an A plus. Regardless, right. I'm just going to um, give it an A then, because I want us to go be going off like the same scale. If we're doing A okay. plus, is like really really hard to get on any pay per view. Like has yeah. to be like match of the year candidate. Like yeah. Okay, that's then, what yeah. I was thinking of it as as like a plus is like it's at the top, so it's got to be one of the best matches we've ever seen, um, or at least that's just how I was doing it. I so. think we should do it of the year. I think we should be like okay. I think we should be like it, it gets an A plus if if after watching that we're like that's immediate match of the year candidate. Like you know what I mean? Like, All right, yeah, that sounds good. That's fair because it's just gonna be yeah. hard. Because what if like one year there's just like so fucking awesome, and then the next year they're just like yeah. Um, yeah. So the just to get an understanding of like the grading system, I would say like a C is sort of what I see as like an average. No, yeah, totally. Um, so then you go like C, C plus, um, it's slightly above average. B, pretty solid. A, amazing. Um, and obviously A plus match of the year. So, um, yeah. I gave it an A minus. Dylan is now giving it an A. You can I. It's either this is the match of the night or the men's war games matches match of the night. Yeah. Regardless, whatever one you have, um, I don't blame you for picking either one. But following this was AJ Styles versus the Prince Finn Balor. Um, Dylan, would you give this match? So I gave it a B. I did really enjoy this match, but I just thought I think I just had one. I think it fell victim to coming right after. The women's war game match, which yeah. was obviously just like coming off a banger like that. 
And I just think, age, like I said, really good match, really entertaining, really nice to see. We are wrong again, which we are honestly, which I'm fine about because I immediately regretted it. Yeah. Picking Finn. Um, like one, it's, it's funny because once we were doing the podcast and like, I wasn't, I like remembered when we were talking about it, the stat that like AJ hadn't won a singles premium live event in like three years. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, well. Obviously, AJ's not going to lose, but I just felt bad immediately changing my predictions. And I that was one yeah. I immediately regretted doing. So. Well, and then they also, like like I said, like we were wrong again. Like we were like immediately in our heads, we were like, Judgment Day is going to stand tall in this feud with the OC. So, and this is going to be the end of it. So Finn Balor's going to win. Like that's how we saw it. But yeah. then the end of it was the next night on monday night raw when judgment day beat oc in an eight-man tag match and they did stand tall like that you know what i mean like they did yeah um so either way i just i gave it a b just because i think these i think these men can put on a better match than they did and yeah i, think, I gave it oh go ahead sorry yeah and i just think they can uh, i yeah i don't think we got um like the best possible match out of these two men with that being said, it was a good match. It was a solid match, and I did enjoy it. Yeah, I completely agree. I gave it a B minus, and I think it's definitely it. It was just like an old school, like slower paced. Everything was methodical. Everything had a purpose. All of their moves, and I did enjoy it. I don't. I think there's probably a lot of people that didn't enjoy it or may have not thought it was that good just because it's something that they're not really used to. But like you said, I do think that they can put on um, a better singles match. And I think they can, they have the potential to put on a match of the year. Mm -hmm. But a few things I noted, they both had really cool masks uh, entering the match. AJ had his classic Japan mask on and then Finn Mm -hmm. had just like a smooth gloss, like matte black gloss um mask on which was super sick there was a nasty suplex into the turnbuckle which was pretty rad and then michael cole amazing he mentioned finn's success in new japan referred to him as the prince which was pretty sick it's something they've been doing throughout this entire feud so this was definitely a really good match and it's nice to see like we say every week it's nice to see wwe acknowledging uh their wrestlers past and other wrestling promotions so absolutely again really good match dylan gave it a b i gave it a b minus and so following that match was it was something it was the smackdown women's championship match which was shotzi taking on the champion ronda rousey and what (laughs) what did you give this match um a d okay yeah, just like, dude, there's just like four like really bad botches. Four real like yeah. the one on the be- dude and the one on the the ring apron was like so bad. Like, what it are we bad. doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? It was like, really bad. I they had just like didn't the... train her. I'm just convinced that she has never trained. Yeah, it's it 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 was just bad and. So the way I take like notes of these matches, like I said before, is I'll just write down like brief things. So I'm trying to like figure out what they mean now. So I just wrote down reverse cannonball. I don't remember what that was, but it was worth noting. 
I gave this match an F. I thought mm. this was by far a really bad match. What's that it was. <laughs> Bro, that like scared me. I like didn't know what was going through my headphones <laughs> when it first came on. Yeah, this match was dookie. I really don't even want to talk about it that much, but it's just like this is definitely a blemish on the Triple H regime. And it's just like watching this match, it, I'm just what's going through my head the entire time is like, this is the person we took the belt off of Liv Morgan to put on. Like mm -hmm. we took the belt off of Liv Morgan to put it on Ronda Rousey and it doesn't make sense. It's not working out. Something isn't working. And mm -hmm. I know probably given Ronda a lot of hate, um, we've been very critical of her work, especially me. And I just feel like it's deserved. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's just obviously she needs some work. And whether that's just having her train, like you said, we are you're convinced that she never has been trained. And I'm I just, just dude, I'm just like, she doesn't know how to bump. She doesn't know how to take bumps. I know yeah. how to take bumps. I know how to take bumps <laughs> because I looked it up on YouTube. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she doesn't know how to bump. Someone's going to get yeah, hurt in a match with her. Yeah, and I saw like, someone tweet that, like, it's just, like, it sucks because they just got Ronda Rousey and just threw her immediately into, like, the main event picture when you've had so many other of their wrestlers train and work their ass off and train their whole life to get where they are, and then they just handed it to Ronda Rousey. And it's something, like, that's what is part of what, like, bothers me about taking the belt off Liv Morgan like Liv Morgan's been in WWE for a while she put in the work she had such an incredible year in the one year that we that she like got a big push we just saw how much she grew it was organic the fans noticed it she was on top of the world and then you take the belt off of her to put it on Ronda Rousey well and it what? was also just like well and also the way that she won the belt off Rousey her own like her win over Rousey originally, right? Her first win over Rousey. And it's just like, I don't know. It was disaster. They didn't give her, like, they didn't make, they obviously didn't trust her. You know what I mean? They obviously yeah. didn't see, like, they obviously didn't view her as, they they put the title on her and then we're like, we don't, they either put the title on her and booked her so 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 bad and we're like we need to like refresh it or they put the title on her and we're like we don't want her to be champion we have to like just get it off her because like i don't know what happened dude but they fucked it up it wasn't her yeah it's as nothing soon as to she do with got, her bro as she, soon as she got the title they fucked it up as soon as she got the title yeah. she had like three weird ass wins um in a match with someone who ronda Ra like also it's not really you're not gonna put on a great match with Ronda Rousey. It's not gonna happen. She's not yeah. a professional. It's more wrestler. Of like a spectacle type thing. And, and it's not even that anymore, dude. It, she's got knocked out in UFC like three, four times and then <laughs> came to WWE. And like that's not like I'm not even hating on that. I'm just saying, like, it's not even a spectacle anymore. Like it's been years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been years. And, like it's the yeah. point now where it's like I was watching it with my family. And it wasn't like a, 
oh, dude, isn't Ronda Rousey in the WWE? It was Ronda Rousey came on the screen and they were like, what the fuck? Ronda Rousey's in the WWE? <laughs> like, it's that. It's not what they think it is. Like, yeah. And because if you think about, like, Liv Morgan, she cashed in to beat Ronda. She got a sneaky win. She rolled her up. Um, and then she had another match against Ronda where she did tap out. The ref didn't see it. Um, but ultimately she won, so she should have lost that match. She barely beat Shayna Baszler, and then she just kind of got fucked up at Extreme Rules and lost the title. So and, and then it's just been gone pretty Ronda? much ever since. And like, why? What what has Ronda like there hasn't been a solid feud? She had the open challenge. She challenged or she now Shotzi is the number one contender. She just fucked Shotzi up um in an awful match. Like I said, I gave it an <laughs> F. The first time I've ever given anything an F. It was just so bad, and it is the only blemish on this premium live event. This show was damn near perfect, except for that match. It would have been, and it still might be, but it would have been one of the highest-graded shows, um, at least from me, that we've had probably ever. And it was just ruined because of Shotzi and Ronda. And the women's, the SmackDown women's division is looking very bleak. I don't, even I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what her hands are. There's I've... no I've seen her hit set, like never. We don't have to even talk about it anymore. Kind of just over it. <laughs> we should talk about a good match. Yeah, yeah. And that another good match. <laughs> All right, so another good match was the United States Championship match. This one was Bobby Lashley taking on Austin Theory, taking on the champion Seth Rollins. Um, I gave this match a B. I thought it was slightly better than AJ versus Finn. I was really pleased with how they did this match. Um, and I just, there were a bunch of really good spots, but one thing I did want to point out was, I don't know if it was intentional, but Theory came out to like a Beyblades ad on the Dude, Jumbotron. No, <laughs> yeah, that, that was like all over Twitter. They were like, bro, like I think WWE just used used his thing as like an advertisement oh, like because like okay. weren't you watching it, it didn't you purpose. see didn't you see the thing that it was like well michael cole said something and he was like beyblade quadrant yeah i thought it was on purpose no it's that's what weird. i'm saying like it was on really purpose weird. like they like i don't think it was austin theory's idea i think it was they were like yo we gotta throw this ad out during your i don't know it was so weird though and it was very odd. I hope they don't do it again. <laughs> and like, what a weird thing to do for somebody that you're about to have win a championship match. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it was funny though. It was so weird. <laughs> the Beyblade thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was weird. Yeah. Especially because just like Beyblades is just like a funny thing to put. Yeah. <laughs> just so funny. random. <laughs> what did you give this match? Um, I gave it a B plus. Um, I agree with you, like you said, slightly better than AJ and Finn. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the finish, actually. I, I think the way Theory won was. I don't hate the way Theory won, honestly. Um, this is the match that won me what is rightfully mine, the predictions title. Um, yeah, this match is the one that put me one up on Mark to bring back the predictions title back home with Dilly. Well, the one I, <laughs> the one I stole anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I thought this was a very solid match. And with the way that it ended up playing out on Raw, it looks like Lashley's probably going to be out of the feud now. But I gave it um, I gave it a B plus, and it looks like we're going to keep getting Theory versus Rollins. And you know what? I am kind of happy with the decision to put it on Theory. Just because of this, like just because of this point specifically, that the last three weeks, Theory has been better than he has been the entire time he's been on the main roster before that. So it's like, if you really want to push him, like, fuck it. Like, right now, he's the hottest he's ever been. So just do it now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it seems like they're like, it's quick, but he's like also on a really good trajectory right now. Just do it now so it doesn't die out almost. You know what I mean? And then if it does not work, you can also, you can always just have Seth beat him to get the title. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm definitely then, not mad at the fact that he won. I think it no, should have yeah. either been him or Seth. I think I'm more a little sad that Seth doesn't have a title now, but I'm definitely yeah. not angry with the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I do think it was a really good match. Yeah, and I, that's usually how they... That's sort of how we predicted it was going to happen, is like Lashley was in control the entire time, and then someone's just going to get like a sneaky win, um, and we saw it with Austin Theory sort of falling on Seth. Um, or did he pin Seth or Bobby? Why can't I remember? He pinned Seth. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I gave it a B. Dylan gave it a B plus. A really good match, um, just like almost every match on this card. But the best match of the night, in my opinion, was the men's war game match. It was the Bloodline taking on Team Brawling Brutes, which was uh, Butch, Rich Holland, and Sheamus, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre. Um I gave this match an A. I thought it was slightly better than the women's match just based off the storytelling that went on uh, throughout the match and what ultimately ended the match. Again, incredible match. It was probably one of the best men's war games matches that they've had in WWE, um, including the matches in NXT. And like I said, there was a lot of really good advancements in the storyline with the bloodline. We saw Jey Uso enter the match first, and then um, I believe it was Jimmy was going to enter next, but then Roman Reigns wanted Sami Zayn to enter to work out their beef. Obviously, they uh, they did they had a disagreement, and but they ultimately just got it resolved. First of all, Roman Reigns just sitting on a steel chair in the cage. Was yeah, awesome. dude, it was so awesome. Yeah, and just like and, and just like looking and pointing. Like, yeah. just, like, not even saying anything. Yeah, dude, yeah. it was great. And they had um a lot of really good, I think, wait, the segments, they had the segments on that show, right? Hmm. On the premium live event um, with uh with Jay and Roman. Yeah, that yeah. was that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember if it was Raw or not. So they had really good segments backstage leading up to the match, which Jay was telling Roman about what happened with Sammy and KO, which I believe was on SmackDown, and how Sammy lied to him. Um, and then Roman was like, I'll, I'll talk to him, I'll look him in his eyes, and I'll be able to tell if he's lying. And then he called Sammy in, and then they talked, and then Sammy admitted to lying to Jay, um, but just like promised Roman that he is with the bloodline. And you can tell like Sammy was actually almost crying just talking about how much the bloodline meant to him. 
which was awesome. Um, the entire that entire thing was incredible, and it ultimately led to a really good moment in the match. Uh, but before we get more into it, what did you grade this match? Uh, I gave it an A as well, so I'm going to give it the same grade as the other one. But I would say, like, if this is a 96, then the other one's probably like a 97. I don't know. Like, I just thought the I just thought the other one was a little tiny bit better. But it's weird because I'll tell you what, storytelling wise, this might be one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, as far as telling a story goes. Like, because yeah. I mean, from front from from front to back, it was it was just amazing. I mean. Uh, the bloodline obviously got the win and the way it happened with Sammy, you know, uh, looking Roman in the eyes and give, giving him a hug and then uh, giving his former best friend, Kevin Owens, a vicious, vicious halluva kick um, and then catching him in his arms, looking at Jey yeah. Uso, looking at his best friend, lays him on the ground, says, here you go, puts him on. Presents him to Jay, and Jay picks up the win for the Bloodline, um, and he and he fully, fully turned his back on Kevin Owens and joined the Bloodline. Uh, and and just how it started between like the beef and, dude, it was just awesome. I mean, like that moment with Sammy and Jay hugging at the end, like that's gonna be yeah. remembered forever. That's gonna be go down as like a such a great moment in WWE history, like. When the bloodline goes into the WWE Hall of Fame, like that's gonna be amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Overall, the match was incredible. Um, like I like I said, when Sammy hit KO with the shot to the nuts, um, and then he hit him with a haluva kick in the corner and then called him. I was like, bro, that's like our version of uh yeah. Shawn Michaels retiring, Ric Flair. Yeah, he just says, I'm sorry, I love you. And then kicks him and retires him. And then, dude, I was pumped once they hugged Jim. Oh, yeah, Sammy it was so awesome, I was dude. fired up. I, felt I almost so, cried. Yeah, dude, I was so happy. And it was just like, it was just great. Yeah, yeah dude, and, it was awesome. And like you said, the storytelling in this match was incredible. Because early on, when it was Sammy and Jay, they weren't getting along. Jay didn't want Sammy to help him in there. But Sammy proved time after time that he's going to help Jay. He saved Jay from, I believe it was Butch, tried to pull a move on him. He pulled Jay out of the way. And the entire time, he just kept doing um, thing after thing to help save Jay from any harm, um, ultimately proving that he does ride with the bloodline. And I don't know if you saw this, but apparently towards the end of the match when it was Roman and Kevin Owens and they had their standoff and KO, they were like trading blows back and forth and Kevin Owens um, like slapped Roman. That wasn't planned. Did you hear about that? Yeah, and apparently it ruptured his eardrum. Yeah, Roman was pissed. Um, he claimed he ruptured his eardrum because it wasn't planned and he was very heated backstage but I'm sure everything will be fine. I'm sure it's getting a bit blown out of proportion, but well, yeah, I it, it, it also it also said that Roman was heated. Him and KO, like talked like you know, it was very quickly like worked out. Like it's not like a yeah. thing. Like Roman was just upset yeah. about that, but they're not like beefing over it. Yeah, and so just like a lot of things, it got blown out of proportion. But 
overall great 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 premium live event i think oh, we yeah. are now it's solidified that the bloodline is gonna turn on sammy yeah and i'm it not feels, ready for it dude yeah dude it's gonna be sad it's gonna be sad and it's probably gonna happen sooner rather than later to be honest i think royal rumble is there's a chance it happens at the rumble what do you think yeah that's what i was thinking initially it's probably gonna happen at the rumble i'm sure all uh, four members minus Roman of the bloodline are going to be inside the rumble um, mm-hmm. or it could happen to weeks leading up to the rumble, ultimately leading to a match taking place at the rumble. But I mean, cause you could just tell no, like, they're going to do KO. They're going to do KO versus Roman at the rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw reports well, mostly just headlines, but they said that the plan for mania is Sammy and KO versus the Usos. Yeah. That's what I saw. I saw um, reports for that too, and that would be awesome. Yeah, that's what we said that before the reports came out a I while mean, we ago. Said, we said this like so long ago. We said this needs to happen. Yeah, and it looks like it's gonna happen. And yeah, even like I just think it the bloodline's gonna turn. Like I know I said Sammy's gonna be the one to turn on the bloodline, but I think now well it's, now the bloodline's yeah. definitely gonna turn on Sammy because. I feel like after Sammy and Roman hugged backstage, Roman gave him a look. That was before the match. And then after and during the match, um, it was sort of like, are they going to turn on him during the match? They didn't. But when they were like, everyone was like standing together, Roman just sort of gave Sammy a look. And that's all you need to know because it's going to go down and it's going to be gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Overall, and um, an incredible paper or premium live event. Excuse me, but we wanted let's we wanted to talk about sort of how this compares to AEW's Full Gear, which again they're very different, but I think it is worth sort of the comparison. Um, I, what what were your thoughts on like the two? Because Full Gear was um, a really good show. Yeah, also Full Gear was a banger from front to back so this was my biggest thing that i just wanted to bring up was like full gear was pretty much full of bangers from front to back but i didn't necessarily love everywhere they went storyline wise with it um i didn't love mjf not winning clean like i do i really think mjf should have won clean i know he's a heel but like i don't know i'm i'm just like don't i just don't get the thing of like heels have to cheat to win like why can't heels just be like really good um like why can't he just be really good and also a dickhead um (laughs) i don't know anyway uh and like i kind of felt like the opposite with um survivor series where there was some great wrestling obviously but there were some really really weak moments obviously at survivor (laughs) series but um I mean, storytelling-wise, Survivor Series just played out, like, beautifully, man. Just, like, so, so beautifully. And um, it was just... Yeah, it, it's just... it's Like I said, I really enjoyed both pay-per-views. And I will say that. I'm not saying either... And I'm not even going to say either one was better than the other. Because they really are, like, really different companies to me at this point. Like, they put on completely different productions. Um, yeah. Not saying it's like hard, obviously it's hard this, to compare them, but it too is hard to compare them. 
they are just on a different level. Like it's something that you don't really think about it until you sort of just like think about it. Because if you look at <laughs> if you look at WWE's production, they have a massive screen right, to come through the away. entrance. But I'm the okay. new champ, by the way, just so you guys know. New predictions yeah. champ. Yeah, not for long, buddy. Not when's the next long. pay-per-view? Um technically <laughs> the rumble. But we'll probably we might do winter is coming. That's sort of like a pay-per-view for AEW. Yeah. All right. But like I said, like WWE's production is just entirely different. Like the barricades, it's all like lit up, um, virtual like video on there. Oh yeah. The post is all um just like lit up and video and like AEW, and there's nothing wrong with the way AEW's doing it with just the steel. Uh, barricades and like just having the canvas over it but they're just so different it's hard to really compare them yeah especially when full gear has 10 matches and survivor Mm -hmm. series has five yeah and i think that's a big problem with AEWs. they have too many matches on the cards Mm -hmm. um and it it doesn't make the show better having that many matches but like i said i feel like a lot of the times there's this conception that you either love AEW and hate WWE or you love WWE and hate AEW. Yeah. But it's okay to like both and it's okay yeah. to be critical of both. Yeah, big fans of both and we're definitely critical of both at times. Yeah. So. All right, so that's going to wrap that up for Survivor Series War Games. We're going to take a look at what happened on WWE Monday Night Raw and AEW dynamite along with giving you a preview of what to expect for aew rampage along with friday night smackdown i'll kick us off here i'm going over what happens on dynamite because this was a really fun dynamite um it featured a lot of really good stuff the show kicked off with your former aew world champion john moxley he caught an incredible promo um, he was basically saying that there's no one on his level in AEW, and if they have, if they want to try to prove it, do it face to face. And out came Hangman Adam Page. This was the first time that we've seen him since he got injured during the match with John Moxley a few weeks ago, and they had an incredible brawl. They didn't really exchange words; they just fought, and it fought all the way up the entranceway. John Moxley actually fell off of the entrance ramp, so I hope he's okay because it looked kind of sketchy. But they still kept fighting. They fought all the way to the back, um, and which was awesome. Looks like we're getting John Moxley and Hangman Page feud without the title, which it definitely does not need the title. So it's it's nice to see. Next, we had a match that you didn't really think you needed until it was booked, and that was Dax Harwood from FTR taking on Brian Danielson. And like I said, I didn't realize that this was going to be a, an incredible match until it was announced. Um, like I said, it was awesome. Probably match of the night. If you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, ultimately, Brian Danielson got the victory like he should have. Dax has been having an incredible singles run this year. I wish they would give Cash Wheeler some singles matches because Cash Wheeler is one of the most underrated wrestlers on the AEW roster. Um, he just doesn't get that much opportunity to prove Isn't that it. like a thing? Isn't... I thought like Dax like 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 I thought it was a thing that like Dax like seeks out more. He does. Um he definitely 
that is a thing where he's like, I want to, I'm like, we're having FTRs having the best years of our life, but I want to prove that like, I'm also an incredible yeah. singles wrestler. So he's been challenging people left and right. And every match has been incredible, but mm-hmm. I would like to see cash Wheeler get in on this. Cause I swear no, to God, yeah. he's one of the most underrated wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, in AEW and on the planet. The dude mm-hmm. can just casually do a 450 springboard and no one seems to really talk about it. Um, even though it's not really their thing to go off the top ropes, it's just something he can do. And he shouldn't be able to do it with his body type. So he's a freak of nature and he's incredible. But following that match was um, we had a backstage segment from absolute Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is challenging MJF for the AEW World Championship at Winter Is Coming. He took the short amount of time that he was given to declare he is entering the uh, Dynamite ro- the Royale to uh, get the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, previous champions, all three were MJF. The winner gets a shot at the World Championship. Following that, we cut backstage to John Moxley and Hangman Page. We're still fighting, which is awesome. <laughs> um, they had got <laughs> broken up. And that feud, I cannot stress enough how awesome it's going to be. Following that, Renee Paquette was had a sit-down interview with the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, and 2.0. And she was interviewing Blackpool Combat Club, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli. Basically, it was just Claudio talking about how he's going to beat Chris Jericho at Final Battle to become the ROH World Champion. And if you weren't aware, if Claudio loses that match, he is going to be forced to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. And during this, Wheeler Yuta challenged Daniel Garcia at Final Battle for the ROH Pure Championship. Garcia beat Wheeler Yuta to win the title in an incredible match. That match is going to be an absolute banger. If you don't know the ROH pure rules, um, definitely look it up because it's a wrestler's match for sure. Um, There's no closed hand strikes to the head. Um, I believe it's like a best of falls. They have a 20 count outside the ring. Look it up. It's they're really interesting matches. And so following that, I thought you can't win by pinfall. How mm. I thought you have to win oh. by submission. No, I think you can win. Maybe I made that up. I don't know. Sorry. Look up the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, anyway. you don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but following that match was the TNT Championship match, which was the newly signed AR Fox was taking on the champion and ROH television champion Samoa Joe. Samojo rules. I don't yeah. know how many times I have to say it. He's definitely an all-timer for me. Um, AR Fox also rules. Yeah. He recently, it was rumored, well, it wasn't rumored, but Tony Khan offered him a contract, I believe, last week, and then yesterday he officially agreed to it, which officially made him um, all elite. And there was a ton of really good spots in this match. AR Fox hit a pretty mean 450 um, Samoa Joe was outside of the ring and AR Fox was looking to do some move outside of the ring onto Samoa Joe. Joe did his classic walk away spot, but AR Fox landed on his feet and they had a great shot of it. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that his walk away spots are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite things in professional wrestling. If you don't know what it is, it's 
Samoa Joe's just standing there. Someone's going to the top rope to hit like a drop kick or a frog splash or something. And as soon as they jump, he just walks out of the way casually and then they just land on the mat. It's pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it, definitely look at it. But Samoa Joe got the clean victory. Um, I'm not sure why they would put... I understand giving AR Fox a title shot on his first match officially on the roster, but I don't know why they would have him do this and then just lose. Like, I don't think it makes him look that bad, but I think just eating a loss in your first match officially with the company is not the best <laughs> look. Yeah, but it was, I mean, like, what are you going to have him do, win? Like, you're not going to have him... Well, I I just think he should have not faced Samojo. <laughs> yeah, beat but it was a banger. Else. It was a really good match, and... The best thing, I wrote down this quote because I just love Samoa Joe so much. Every time he talks, he's very, um, he's like elegant with his words, but he's also very aggressive. So following the match, he grabbed both of his titles, grabbed the microphone, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to a new and glorious era, for I am the one true king of television, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, fans were calling him the king of television uh, when he won the title following that Wardlow came out and he claimed that he's going to come after the TNT championship that is rightfully his um, so it looks like that feud is not done and that's probably something we may get at winter is coming um, or further down the line following that we heard from MJF the man himself and if there's one thing you watch on this show, I would recommend it to be this MJF promo. Every time he grabs the mic, it's absolutely incredible. He's mesmerizing, he's polarizing, and he was a he was on a different level um, in terms of like heelish behavior. Like Dylan said, he didn't get the clean victory, um, which ultimately resorted him sort of turning back to like the scum of the earth. Um, but he caught an incredible promo, talked about how he's going to be the world champion um, until his contract's up, the great bidding war of 2024. Um, he said he's going to talk. He hopes that the right con foots the bill, as in Nick Khan um, from WWE and the game trips. And then he mentioned that maybe wwe and AEW won't win the bidding war and maybe he's just going to go to hollywood in 2024 which i thought was interesting he also unveiled a new AEW world championship out with the old black and gold title and in with the triple b the big burberry belt um they replaced the straps of the AEW world championship with a sort of faint burberry pattern i kind of like it's mostly just brown. Like you have to get up close to see that it's like super plaid and Burberry esque. But I I like the brown strap. I think it's a good look. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What do you think about? What do you think about? Uh, it? I think it's funny. I think it's fine. I don't know. It works. <laughs> it's good for MJF. Yeah. And I like so it. I thought it was also worth noting that um, MJF was just spitting facts and. He basically said that the title is going to get defended rarely because he is a rare attraction and it's something I think it's I took it as him saying like I'm on the level of the top stars 
of like WWE, like with Roman Reigns and those sort of guys who don't put the title on the line every week or every month and they show up every once in a while. I think that's him saying that like I'm on their level, um, which mm-hmm. I thought was really important because that's something that we talked about. I think it was last week, whether he was going to go to WWE or not. And we were, you were saying that in order to hit that level, he has to be uh, signed with WWE. So this was him proclaiming that he's going to get there um, while currently in AEW. And the most important thing that happened and the most breathtaking thing was he turned on William Regal. Uh, he had the brass knuckles. It was at the end of it. He was talking about how much he appreciated him, that he cocked him in the back of the head. Um, and Regal ate shit and he sold it very well. He sold it like he just died. And Regal has had like major, I think, neck surgery. And this whole segment was incredible. Commentary did a really good job at making MJF uh, come off as like a real scumbag. I believe it was Tony Schiavone just called him a piece of shit on commentary, which was awesome. And MJF said, I can't, I forget the exact quote, but like when Regal's on the ground, he said, you've got a lot of work ahead of you, buddy. You forgot that you made a deal with the devil. And then he left. They loosened the ropes. They took William Regal out on the stretcher. Danielson came out to help him. The other members of the Blackpool Combat Club weren't in the arena, and they had a, they shipped them off in the ambulance. But overall, this segment was incredible. It was gut-wrenching. Like I said, MJF mesmerizing on the mic, and you definitely need to watch this whole thing because it, was, it gave me goosebumps for sure. But following that was Ricky Starks taking on Ari Davari. Not sure why this match was happening, but it's nice to see Ricky Starks get some television time, even if it is like a five-minute squash match. Ethan Page came out, said, I'm going to win the Battle Royal um, because I'm Ethan Page, pretty much. And so Starks got the win. Match was fine. It was a squash. But following that was Willow Nightingale taking on Anna J.A.S. Willow Nightingale recently officially signed with AEW. She is incredible. Um, she's definitely the future of the AEW women's division. Hopefully she goes after a title. If you ask me, as it stands right now, I think she has to be the one to dethrone Jade Cargill. But following this match, um, as Anna JAS and um, Ty Mello were leaving, we got a return from Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho and Ty Mello um, have some beef unfinished history. Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara are essentially the reason that Soho was sidelined because she broke her nose very badly in a match and she like needed reconstruction surgery. So she's been out for a while, but she returned and she just beat the piss out of Ty Mello. And so following that match, we had the TBS championship celebration and they, the baddies and Jade Cargill recently kicked out Kara Hogan. Jade came out. She was spitting facts. She was basically saying she's the biggest star in AEW. She's the biggest draw. Um, and she's the best thing currently in AEW. And she's right. I mean, she is one of the biggest stars, but she's definitely getting a lot better on the mic. And she does have a presence like none other, uh, male or female, in WWE. But she got cut off from a video package from Bow Wow. 
if you don't know the story behind this, they started off as a feud over Twitter, and then Jade Cargill um, interrupted his, uh, I think it was after his concert on the Millennial Tour or something, and then she confronted him, and then this was what we heard from him. He said he's going to see her real soon, um, so I'm assuming he's going to bring someone in to challenge Jade, but I don't think it makes much sense why your TBS champion is feuding with Bow Wow. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I think it just shows that they don't know what to do with the TBS championship. But like I said, if unless they have a, a major signing to the company um, in the name of like a Sasha Banks or Naomi, then they need to have... Nightingale is the person to beat Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. But following that was the main event of the night. Death Triangle taking on the Elite in a best of seven series for the trios championship. Death Triangle were up 2-0 heading into this match. Um, they won dirty both times. It looks like Pac is finally uh, getting his way with them using the ring bell hammer. But Every trios match in AEW is incredible. This was an amazing match. I don't think we, I don't think we talked about the full gear because um, I think we did the predictions for Survivor Series. But Kenny Omega is huge. Oh, I know yeah. that's something. He looks awesome. Yeah, when he came out at full gear, we both were just like, "Holy shit!" Like he was in incredible shape, uh, and it was funny because we were talking about how when he returns prior to getting suspended that he just didn't look that good because he was dealing with injuries. He looked like very pale and not that strong. And then he just returned absolutely shredded. And so that was always, it's always nice to see um, guys getting in good shape and getting healthy. But this match was incredible, as you would expect. The Elite came out with the victory. The match started on the entranceway. The Elite attacked Death Triangle and then they eventually made it into the ring. There's a ton of really good spots, but ultimately... Uh, the elite came out on top. Death Triangle now lead two to one, and I believe the match, the next match, is happening at Winter is Coming on December fourteenth. Um, so that's going to be incredible. Kenny Omega cut um, a pretty good promo after the match. He said, "You can't." Uh, some, he said, "You can't sweep." There's not going to be a sweep when I'm the when the cleaner's in town or something. Um, Cleaner is a persona of Kenny Omega. Then he did his classic goodbye, good night, bang thing, which was Said, much needed. I bid you adieu. Adieu. <laughs> and so, overall, a really good. I don't know why. I just think it's so funny when he does that. I just love. Yeah. Have first time he closed. Yeah. Well, that's what he says. First time he, um, first time he closed Dynamite in a really long time. Yeah. So we got. It was a pretty good um, dynamite. I know we dynamite and rampage have been a bit lackluster, but since the elite returned and since MJF is your world champion, there is definitely a bright future for AEW. One thing I forgot to mention that I wanted to mention was there was a backstage segment with Britt Baker and the AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hader. They AEW announced, I think it was last week or the week prior that. Thunder Rosa has relinquished the AEW Women's World Championship, thus making Jamie Hayter um, like the official Women's World Champion. There's no interim tag on it, and they're officially counting Tony Storm's reign 
as official. Um, they did away with the interim title nonsense, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. But Britt Baker was backstage. Um, I think she challenged someone to a tag match with Jamie Hayter, but they had the way they did it was dumb because Jamie Hayter like barely said anything, and she's your woman's world champion. And we haven't heard from her really since she won the title. So I think Britt's probably going to turn on her, but I think they need to have more promos where Jamie Hayter's the lead instead of Britt Baker taking charge and taking control um, of the backstage segment. Overall, it was a really good uh, dynamite. I think that's what's going to happen. Like Um, Jamie's going to turn face. Yeah. The crowd already already loves her. Yeah. Yeah. She's already so over. And so taking a look at AEW Rampage, you have Athena taking on Danny Moe. You have Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett taking on Private Party. And you have Cole Carter from the factory taking on Darby Allen. And you have the All-Atlantic Championship match, which is your champion, Orange Cassidy, defending against QT Marshall in a Lumberjack match. So there you have it. That's what to expect heading into AEW Rampage tonight. Dylan, go over what happened on Raw. I need a breather. I got you, brother. Let me pull this up. One thing I'll say real quick also is I was kind of hating on the way Cassidy was like doing his promos since becoming champ because he's just like, yeah, you can get a shot. But it's definitely growing on me. And Mm -hmm. I did enjoy his because they had a segment with him and QT Marshall backstage. QT was like, I'm tired of being interrupted. Um, He's like, I want a shot at the title. And Orange Cassidy just cut him off and said, okay. He's like, all right, now I want it on Rampage. Okay. It's like in a lumberjack match, sure. And then like it was yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. It's definitely growing on me. Um yeah. but go ahead. What happened on Raw? So Raw, um, first hour of Raw was commercial free this week, which was very fun. Um, and it was kicked off by the man, Becky Lynch, making her return to the red brand. Uh, she made her return to join the Word Names team last Friday on SmackDown, but this was her first appearance back on Raw, her home. Um as the gatekeeper of raw reviews for vendetta sports media. Very nice to have her back. Like I said. Um, And so she cut a really fun promo. She went out into the crowd. Uh, She was talking to this guy named Bob, um, who Bob kind of, I'm sure has a little following on Twitter now. Um, Similar to the, uh, to the Nick situation with Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah, Nicholas. Nicholas situation. Yeah, what, what, who tweeted that when Braun Strowman came back? Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. <laughs> he was like, "Where's Nicholas?" <laughs> that was so funny. Um. Anyway, so Becky was having a you know a fun time cutting a promo in the crowd. She was interrupted by Bailey, um, and they did a little back and forth, and then Becky was whatever they will say. You want to fight? Let's fight. Blah blah blah. And then Dakota and EO came from uh, behind, like through the crowd. Um, and then it just turned into damage control versus Becky in this huge brawl that went up into like the concourse area of the arena into the merchandise area. Uh, it was really cool, really fun. No one really stood tall. It was just like mayhem. Um, uh, It was really like I heard it was bait. awesome. I was, it was. I worked it was, Monday nights. Yeah, it was so super fun. Like it was. Um, 
like and they went into the merch like when i said they went into the merch stand like they literally went to the merch like they were like uh what like bailey grabbed one of the money in the bank like lunch boxes and just like hit the shit out of becky with it like they were just like um dakota grabbed like a bunch of like t-shirts and was like throwing them at like i don't know like it was just it was really fun super chaotic um so it looks like we're probably gonna be getting bailey versus becky it looks like that might be the direction they go uh but we'll see and then um next up we had uh rhea ripley versus mia yim was on the match card and that started happening and the judgment day came out and the whatever the oc came out quickly got turned into an eight eight man tag match they probably had like five minutes not super quickly but it's probably like a five minute match and then it got turned into an, an eight man tag um and aj made sure to say he was like i thought i finished this yesterday but it looks like we have to finish this once and for all tonight um and the judgment and day the match up- included Rhea and mia yim yeah Okay. But it was weird because so I I kind of like how they did it though because it was like um they were hardly in they hardly got tagged in during the match because they had already been in like they had already been wrestling for like 7 yeah. minutes prior to that. Yeah. Um and then they ended up being legal at the very end and Rhea got the the win. Um and Judgment Day stood tall and it looks like this is going to be the end for that um hopefully didn't um didn't uh didn't uh who did me a yin body slam what do you mean bro me a yin body slammed i want to say aj not aj i mean finn oh yeah yeah she did my bad yeah that was sick yeah it was sick <laughs> sorry zoned out and then we had Street, uh, all right, yeah, so Judgment Day stood tall, so it looks like that feud's probably over with, uh, so it'll be interesting to see where we go from there. Um, and then we had a l- nice little backstage promo, the return of Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, uh, back nice. on Raw. Really good to see Montez Ford back and healthy, and uh, it was just a little backstage promo between uh, them and the Alpha Academy. Um, of course, as you can imagine, it was super funny. Um, like they, br- I could have sworn, um, I co- oh damn, I guess I didn't write it down. I thought they said something like really funny. I thought Chad Gable said something really funny. I'm sure he did. Um, I would bet they did. <laughs> yeah. So that was just a little too back- much of a load. Yeah. Too much of a load. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> um, and then we had uh, the Bloodline came out into the ring. Uh, gave us a nice little promo. Uh, Sammy, Jimmy, and Jay had a nice group hug going. They were trying to get Solo involved in the group hug. We had a great picture of that, of like them group hugging, trying to get Solo involved. Um, Solo didn't join the group hug. Solo was a little being a little stiff, and that makes me wonder. Maybe, maybe <clears throat> Roman and Solo are. Um, they're they're gonna be the main ones that like turn on Sammy, and then, yeah, I mean, like, if you think gonna... about it, Solo was sent from the, the elders. What, elders, so that is something I saw people saying too. Yeah, so um, and then we had that great moment with the group hug that was just ruined by Kevin Owens when he came out 
and it wasn't ruined. I was I don't know why I said it like that. Um, really wasn't ruined. It was fine. <laughs> that <laughs> Kevin Owens is fine. He didn't ruin anything. Um, and there was a great back and forth promo here. Kevin Owens said, uh, "Sammy, you know our careers have been linked for the last twenty years, but I don't want to team with you. I don't want to fight you anymore. I just I don't want anything to do with you. I just want to be done with you." And Sammy Zayn said that he felt exactly the same way and uh, that sort of thing. And it was kind of funny because Kevin Owens went on this like whole like that whole promo like and he was just like you could tell he was just like, I'm just done, man. I'm just done doing this like or something. And then just like Sammy was like, well, that's fine because you know what, Kevin? I feel the same exact way or something. And it was just like. I don't know. Just agreeing with him, even though yeah. he didn't want to. Yeah, he was just like, you know what, Kevin? That's fine. And it was That's just actually like, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Just very funny. Um, yeah, So the, and then that set up uh, Kevin Owens versus main event Jey Uso in the main event of Raw. Um, and then after that, we got the Street Profits taking on the Alpha Academy. Um, really good match. So good to have more than one proper tag team. Um in the Raw Tag Team Division. Uh, it's been nice. The Alpha Academy have literally been pretty much the only tag team on Raw. Um, so it's nice to have... Um, they, it's literally... They just go either in singles matches or like against a random put-together team every week. And then... Yeah. So it was nice to see them against an actual team. Now they have two teams. Yeah, now they have two teams <laughs> in the SmackDown. Two team, uh, Whatever. Two teams that they want to put on TV. Anyway... Uh, so good to have Montez back. He looks awesome. Uh, he just looks, yeah, he looks great. He's in great shape. He looked awesome. Uh, not a to say that black. that man delivers. Oh my god, you. every time, and he did deliver it to pick up the win here, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It's he always got, perfect, dude. And, he, and I, so I wanted to say this because we haven't seen we haven't seen Angelo Dawkins in a little while because Montez has been hurt, dude. We were already saying that Dawkins has gotten himself in a better shape. Dawkins looks fucking awesome, dude. Like Dawkins looks great. Um, he's in way better shape too. Like he's in better shape than he was when uh when Montez got hurt. Um, and they they both looked awesome. I mean, there was like a five minute probably like stint in the match where it was just um like pure chain wrestling between like Dawkins and Gable, and it was sick. Oh wow. And it was really, really fun. Um, so after uh, Alpha Academy does deserve to not lose all the time, though, because they're awesome, dude. They're so <laughs> yeah. fun. They're so funny, yeah. and they put on good matches. Like neither of the, like Otis is really good. Otis is entertaining in the ring. I th- I think he's very solid for like you know what he I, is. I think um I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Chad Gable is one of the most underrated wrestlers in WWE. Yeah, dude. Absolutely, I, I can agree with that. Absolutely. He's so good. He's so funny. Um, so then we had Austin Theory, your new United States champion, come out and address the crowd. Great promo from Austin Theory once again. Uh, he's been putting in great work the, ever since he lost that briefcase. Then he won the title, and this was his first promo as champion. Uh, and he was interrupted by Seth Rollins, who came out. Did you see his suit this week? <laughs> I did. Come, Seth Rollins, did. always wearing a fun suit. This week he wore the all lace suit. Um, extra fun. Extra fun. I mean, completely see through. <laughs> completely see through. I'm all, I love like the 
dude, that's that's one of my favorite things about professional wrestling is that it's just like, um, that mass like androgyny almost is just like not looked at, not like looked down upon by society at all in wrestling. Yeah. Like it just happens and it's awesome. And I'm just like, damn, yeah. dude, I wish I could just rock like a leather suit. No, like yeah, a he's, lace suit he's one of the normally. few that still just wears whatever the yeah, hell he and wants. he just goes and it's, at, awesome. and it's dude it's so awesome like oh it's just awesome anyway and he's one of the few people that i feel like this is also a dying he also pulls thing. it off yeah and one of the things that i feel like is going away is wrestlers getting separate gear for premium live events oh, yeah. or pay-per-views uh-huh. um, he always has something I, yeah, which I would like to see more people do because I think it, it helps make the pay-per-view feel special, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, um, so, he was interrupted by Seth Rollins who came out and had a really great line um, that was, Theory was about to start talking. Rollins didn't even say anything yet and Rollins just said, before Theory could even say anything, he said, shut your mouth and let them sing. And then, like, leaned back and went like that, and they all started singing, and it was sick. Uh, Seth is awesome. It's insane how Seth, like, Seth and Becky are going to go down as, like, the greatest wrestling couple ever. Dude, Rue yeah. Rollins is going to be the greatest. Rue Rollins is going to be the greatest wrestler of all time. Hell yeah. That's their child, by the way. I believe her name is Rue. Um, It's going to be sick because, like, when our kids watch wrestling and like mm-hmm. Rollins is at the top and we're like, dude, like should have seen their parents, man. They're yeah. one hell of a duo. <laughs> um, so after that, we had the Dexter Loomis versus Miz anything goes match uh, where if Dexter Loomis got the win, he would get a WWE contract um, as well as the money that the Miz owes him. And, Finally, happy that this thing is we're kind of moving forward. Loomis got the win here. Um, what he happened got his... with the um, the uh, the clamp? Oh, on Loomis's head because I only saw pictures, but I don't know what happened. He like put that, like, I don't know, like the Miz like tried to like squeeze it on his head and then he just like tried to kill him. I don't know, dude. It was weird, like, it just got like put on his head and then he just like stood up and was like. I don't know. It was just weird. Like it's a funny visual. Mid- yeah. Sure. It didn't really do anything. It was just for the visual. I'll tell you what. It was nothing like of significance in the actual match. It just like got put well, on I his head it, throughout the match. It was probably probably played a part in scaring the Miz because there was a great sh- like close up of him after oh, he yeah. did it. He's like, "What is wrong with you?" Something like that. Right? Um. Yeah. But anyway. Um. Dexter Loomis got the money and was giving it away to kids in the crowd, was giving away $100 bills <laughs> to kids in the crowd, so that was cool. Um, hopefully that's over. But Dexter Loomis, officially on screen, has a WWE contract. So welcome, Dexter Loomis, officially. Obviously, he's been back this whole time, but now, officially, we can say he's back. And then we had Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae. Uh, Candice... Oh, yeah attacked Dakota from behind before the match. Dakota's been putting in work, man. And this um, was her return, right? Candace, yeah. This was Candace's sure. return. Um 
Yeah, sorry about it. Candace LeRae's return. She's been out for a few weeks after an attack by damage control. Um, Candace attacked Dakota before the match. She was super, super aggressive. Damage control came to ringside, uh, but they were still like surrounded by security. They didn't like get involved. Um, and it was a really solid match, and uh, Candace ended up getting the win here. Then we had a, a nice little backstage promo uh, with Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka. And um, the whole time, Alexa Bliss was very obviously staring at and distracted by the Raw Women's title, it seemed. Um, she was, and then like she was asked a question and she was like, huh? What? Sorry. Yeah, so good to have Becky back or something like that. I don't know, like something like that. And it seemed as if she was staring at the title. She could have just been staring off into space, but it really seemed like she was staring at the title. And we got the. Wasn't, wasn't there a Bray Wyatt thing? Yeah, also? and there was a Bray Wyatt thing also. So. Anyway, oh, and that did happen. I I wanted to mention at at the during the War Games match, one of the popular predictions was that Alexa Bliss was going to turn on Team Bianca, and she came out. And this may be nothing, but it's probably something. She came out. She had black lipstick on and black eye makeup, which is what mm -hmm. she wore um, when she was with Bray Wyatt. So I thought mm -hmm. that was definitely something worth noting. Very interesting. And then the main event of Monday Night Raw was Kevin Owens versus Jey Uso. Uh, this was a really good match. Jey Uso's main event material, man. Like, he, he is main event material. And I'm completely okay with Jey Uso being the guy to take the titles off Roman, if that's what it ends up being a, a little bit from now, dude. Jey is so good. So good on the mic. So good in the ring. He really is. Like, he's so slept good. Slept on, for sure. Like, he's so slept on. Like, main event Jey Uso is a real thing. Um, And I'm so ready to watch this thing with Zayn and Owens and the bloodline play out all the way up until mania. Uh, it's going to be yeah. pretty much happening every single week. Um, and Jey Uso looked really, really good in this match. Like there was, this was a really good match and KO ended up, did get the win. Um, but it was a really good match. Jay didn't look weak by any means. So yeah, that's it. Clean and victory. Clean victory. Um, nice. And there is no, matches announced as of right now for smackdown but i think they have the finals of the world cup if i'm not mistaken yeah they um do you but think who do you think it's ricochet against escobar yeah probably escobar yeah it's funny because i um when <laughs> it was it was Strowman against ricochet last smackdown and I was just like, damn, bro, I feel like they're really about to have Braun Strowman win this tournament. Yeah. Because um, I thought he's going to beat Ricochet. Mm -hmm. But he Ricochet ended up beating him. And I think that was Triple H saying, don't say that dumb flippy flopper shit again. Yeah. That was a punishment Seriously. for that. Nice to see Ricochet uh, get some success. And he's Absolutely. also very underrated. I can't believe they haven't pushed him to the main event level yet because that dude is a freak in the ring, you know? Absolutely. But yeah. anyway, so, that's it for us. That is it for us. So, best way to stay up to date with when we release new episodes is to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at The Burnt Hammer. On Instagram and TikTok, we are at The Burning Hammer. Um, we do news, we do reports, we do rumors, 
everything like that. It's the best way to stay up to date with anything and everything in the professional wrestling world, along with getting our initial reactions to things. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dillobrien underscore wave. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Izzo underscore wave. And make sure to follow Vendetta Sports Media on their social media. On Twitter, they are at Vendetta VSM. And on Instagram and TikTok, they are at Vendetta Sports Media. And make sure to check out VendettaSportsMedia.com for all news related to any sport that you're into. You name the sport, they cover it. Make sure to check out VendettaSportsMedia.com. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, Help us and help Vendetta grow as well. If you're listening via audio streaming service, Make sure to leave us a review and make sure to follow or subscribe, whatever it is that your platform does. I'm Mark Izzo. He's Dylan O'Brien. And this has been another episode of the Burning Hammer podcast. We'll catch you next week.